Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is Believe Not Every Spirit. Believe Not Every Spirit. I'd like to read you some uh, Bible verses starting in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. This is a very important verse. It warns us of something that most Christians, if you tell them uh, that things like that are going to ha are going on, they will think that you are crazy. If you tell them that there are preachers that work for the devil, there are Bible teachers that work for Satan, there are religious men that are leading people to hell in the name of Jesus Christ, if you tell them things like that, they will think that something is wrong with you. That verse gives you a very serious warning. It says, believe not every spirit. The Bible makes it very clear that there are three spirits operation in this world. There is the spirit of God, which is good. There is the spirit of the devil, which is bad. There is the spirit of man, which is wicked and perverted. Any of those three can be guiding you at any time. You are under the influence of any one of those at any given moment. You are yielded to either one of the other at any time, either yourself or God or the devil. We are to try the spirits because they are not all of God. There are many false prophets going out into the world. The Bible teaches very clearly there is another spirit of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. It says, For if he cometh, preacheth another Jesus, whom ye have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Just like it says, that there is another Jesus and there is another gospel. The book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Galatians 1, 7, Galatians 1, 7, which is not another, but there is some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. Galatians 1, 8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That would be the Mormon church, because they believe they received the word from an angel. God said, let them be accursed. Us Christians need to do well to be well aware of these things and try to test them out, these different things. We are commanded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, to prove, prove, to prove all things and then hold fast to which is good. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. 1 Thessalonians 5, 22 says this, Abstain from all appearance of evil. Prove whether it is from God. If somebody says something to you, prove it from the word of God, if it is true or not. 
If you hear something on the radio or TV, prove it is truth or not by the Word of God. If you're in a church and you hear something, prove it is true or not. I challenge people to check me out because if it don't line up with the Word, I'll stand to be corrected because I desire to know the truth. I will never intentionally say something that is not right, but if I do, it will be because my mouth outrun my brain. I've done it, and you probably have too. When you said something and you wish you could stick your word back in your mouth, you say something where you meant to say something else. Anybody is capable of that because none of us is perfect. Some think that they are, but some it takes a lifetime to realize that they are not perfect. You have an obligation not to just sit in church like a zombie and listen to what is said and then go out and act on it. You are obligated to prove whether it is true or not from your own Bible. You will answer to God, not for what the preachers told you uh, that you acted on or didn't act on. There are many false prophets going out into the world. The only way you can tell if it's a false prophet is by checking him out by the word of God. This other spirit will deceive if we are not extremely careful. It does not matter if you study your Bible 100 hours a week. That is beside the point. It doesn't matter if you are on your knees for hours a day talking to God. That is beside the point. If you are, you are still subject to deception, and the devil is a bigger fool than we can imagine. He is much bigger than we are, and we need to stay on guard and be very careful. In Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse two, Second Thessalonians two two, Paul talks about people being deceived by a false spirit, by a false letter. That is a false version of the scriptures. It is our responsibility to test everything that we hear by the word of God. That is the only way that we can show ourselves approved unto God and we are commanded to do just that. Paul says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8, Galatians 1 8, even the word of an angel must be tested. If an angel appeared to me in my house, I believe my reaction would be, Get thee hence, Satan. I wouldn't give a flip what he had to say. I wouldn't take it to be from God at all. You ask why? Because the Word teaches us very clearly that God speaks to people only through the Word of God today. The only way that he speaks to people in the age of grace is through the Word of God today. He does not speak through angels or visions or dreams or signs and wonders. He speaks only through the Word of God. Uh, that nut out in Tulsa who saw a 900-foot Jesus was hallucinating. Nobody has ever seen a 900-foot Jesus. There is no such creature as a 900-foot uh, Jesus. There has never been and never will be. Not only that, but Nobody will ever see Jesus until the rapture of the church. That is very clear from the word of God. That is, unless you die and move on, then you will see him. Otherwise, Paul says, no longer know we Christ after the flesh. 
You will not see him anymore until he returns to catch out his bride. There are many false prophets, false stewards in the world, and they need to be tested. He says, try the spirits. I read a story where a young man left the church and went to a charismatic church and said God led him there. God was not in that at all. Why? Because of the way he said he was and his reason for going and how God led him there. It was totally contrary to Scripture. You need to weigh your experience by the book and not weigh the book by your experience. Thy word is truth. Your experience may or not be the truth. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. Matthew 24, 4. The Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So, they have been marching on the scene for the last hundred years. Reverend Moon called himself Christ. Jim Jones called himself Christ. The Pope calls himself Christ. Not only do they say, I am Christ, but they came claiming to represent Christ, and he never met them. Matthew chapter 7 says, He will say to them in that day, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What kind of iniquity have they been working? They have been doing signs, wonders, and miracles in his name, according to Matthew chapter 7. They were casting out devils and healing the sick in the name of Jesus. That is what Jesus said himself, that he never knew them. They don't belong to him, and he is going to cast them into hell. Matthew chapter 24, verse 23. Matthew 24, 23. It says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not because he is not coming back until the rapture of the church. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. Matthew 24, 24. Or thou shalt arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Do not think you are above deception. The very elect in this context is 144,000 Jews uh, in the tribulation period. And they will not be deceived by the Antichrist because they are sealed. But anybody else can be. This whole chapter is dealing with the tribulation period. You can be deceived. You are not there and you don't have the mark um, of God on your forehead. You can be deceived as is evidenced by the fact that 80% of all cult members are ex-Christians. They have come out of the Baptist, the Methodist, Presbyterian churches, and now they are in cults. They are Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, Christian scientists, and all of that, 80% of them. What happened? Somehow they got deceived and away from the Word of God. If you are having trouble naming false religion and false cults, then you are the prime target for deception. If you are not willing to call something what it is from God's viewpoint, then the devil has 
has you right where he wants you and he can deceive you without any problem at all. Not only should we all uh, call false religions by their name and warn people about them, that is exactly what Jesus did, and he is our example. Seven times in Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, he calls the false religionists of his day hypocrites. The next Jehovah Witnesses show up at your door, call him a hypocrite. Tell him he is a two-faced hypocrite leading people to hell in the name of Jesus. It is wicked and blasphemous, and Christians need to take a stand against false Christianity. Now, the, now I want to read you something out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. Matthew 24, 24. For shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That is, he is saying, I have warned you. You had better wake up. I have told you it is going to happen before it took place. Matthew chapter 24, verse 25. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he, in other words, that is Christ, is in the secret chamber, believe it not. You don't even have to say that. You don't even have to say Christ is appearing in a church in the in Two Egg, Florida. All you have to do is say a strange phenomenon is taking place in Two Egg, Florida. If you're standing at the right angle, you can see an image of the cross in the window of that church. Do you know what will happen? Everybody within 500 miles will drive over to look at it. Professing Christianity is full of fools. I want to say that again. Professing Christianity is full of fools. Jesus said, even if they said Christ was over there, don't believe it. and Don't go over there. You're wasting God's time with that kind of foolishness. He says, try the spirits. How do you try them? One way is Matthew chapter 22, verse 42. Matthew 22, 42. Saying, what think ye of Christ? The next Jehovah Witness from Mormon shows up, asks them that. Did you know the Mormons believe that the devil is the brother of Christ? That would make Jesus a created being since Satan uh, is. That would make Jesus in the family of the most perverted creature that has ever existed. It is sheer blasphemy. That will identify a false spirit. What think ye of Christ? That's a good thermometer for the church. How much do they talk about Christ? When you compare the other spirits with the Holy Spirit, it is real easy to see which is right and which is wrong, which is not. The trouble with Christians is they uh, have closed minds. They were so ungrounded in what they have been taught, what they were raised on, and what grandmother believed that it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what the Word of God says when it comes to trying the spirits. They say, Oh God, I just can't believe such a godly person could be a who for the devil. 
you had better believe it. The devil's business is what? Religion. He is an expert at it. The Holy Spirit is talking about. John chapter 16, verse 14. John 16, 14 says this. He shall glory me. Who is he speaking? Jesus. He says the Holy Spirit will glorify him. That tells you where a lot of false spirits are in so-called Christianity. Anytime you hear a bunch of Christians glorifying the Holy Spirit, God is not in that. He is not in that at all. I know that the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. I know that he is God. I know that he is deity. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would not speak of himself. He would speak of Jesus Christ. He would not glorify himself. He would glorify Jesus Christ. Do you know why we uh, don't use the dove symbol? We are not glorifying the Holy Spirit. That is why. We are here to glorify Christ. For he shall receive a mind and shall show it unto, him, unto you. Everything that the Holy Spirit does is in relation to Jesus Christ. Let me share with you what I was thinking about this morning. I think the problem with humanity and many within the church is this. I believe we're getting into the mindset that God is optional. Think about what I just said. Is God optional in your life? Now, I am talking this is the way the world operates. I will go by preset tradition and show up on Sunday. But on Sunday night or Wednesday night, God is optional. I'll do whatever I'm comfortable with because he is optional. I will try to get saved one of these days when it's the right time and more comfortable for me because he is optional. I might try to lead someone else to the Lord when I learn more about the Bible because it is optional. Are the majority of Americans in that mindset when it comes to the things of God? Do the uh, majority of the world try to figure out how to avoid the things of God instead of drawing closer to him because he is optional? I want to ask yourself this question. I want you to ask yourself this question. Don't ask someone else. Ask yourself this question. What did God save me for? What did God save me for? This is the answer to that question. He saved you to complete his mission. And your mission is to help others enter his kingdom before you leave this earth. It is not figure out ways to avoid him when we can go toward him. God does not care anything about being your optional God. He would rather be your full-time God. I've heard people tell me in a soul winning booth, I think about God all the time. You know my answer to that? Words are cheap. How much do you sacrifice? Don't tell me how you think about God all the time. And you don't have to show me evidence of anything. First of all, show God. Then show others evidence that you think of him all the time. Be an example of living a holy life, not a secular worldly life. And you know there is a difference. So I want to ask you one question before I close here. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven?
If you're not, you can be before you leave here today. You know, we we got to believe First John chapter 5, verse 13, where it says that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. That's what he's promised. But the very first thing we have to do is recognize that we are a sinner. The Bible says we all fall short. We all have to go to heaven the same way. We first have to recognize we're a sinner, then repent of that sin. That means give it up, go a different direction. You you can repent a thousand times, won't do you one bit of good until you actually change direction. Go another way. Get rid of that sin. And then believe on the finished work of the cross, that Jesus Christ was here in the flesh, the Son of God in the flesh, that he was uh, crucified, hung on that cross, died three days later. I mean, he was put in the tomb, and borrowed tomb, and then three days later he rose from the dead and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I right today. If you believe God all your heart and soul, the Bible says you shall be saved. Don't say you might be. It says you shall be saved if you believe that with all your heart. And that is the most important thing that could ever happen in our lives to make our election sure, make sure, 100% sure that we are going to heaven. I appreciate your attention, and I'll be looking at another lesson down the road. See you later.